In the spring of 1997, the tranquil district of Lingkou in Taiwan was about to be shattered by an unthinkable tragedy. It was the morning of April 14th, when 16-year-old Pai Xiaoyan, a bright and promising student, left her home for Singwu High School. Little did her parents know that this would mark the final moment they laid eyes on their daughter, alive. And it would be the beginning of an agonizing ordeal that would completely change their lives. The day had started as an ordinary one for Pai Bingbing, her schedule following its usual routine. At around 4pm, she found herself inside the recording studio and grossed in her work when an unexpected call disrupted her day. The voice on the other end of the line was unfamiliar. His words sent a chill down her spine as he instructed her to immediately get into her car and drive to a nearby golf course. There, he cryptically mentioned she would find her daughter's belongings placed in a grave-like location. The caller's ominous warning resonated in her ears as he demanded for her not to involve the authorities. Pai Bingbing's initial composure slowly crumbled as she listened to the unsettling instructions. Her colleagues, witnessing her distress, began to suspect that something sinister had befallen Pai Xiaoyan, and they raised the chilling possibility of her being kidnapped or abducted. In that critical moment, the realization hit her like a thunderbolt. Her beloved daughter's life was in grave danger. Her maternal instincts kicked into overdrive, leaving her with no alternative but to defy the caller's instructions and reach out to the police. By the time they arrived at the golf course, darkness had descended, casting an eerie aura over the vast, sprawling expanse that stretched approximately seven kilometers. Pai Bingbing, accompanied by her colleagues and police officers, immediately launched a search operation. The caller's instructions had left her with a daunting task, but Pai Bingbing knew that she wasn't going to leave until she scoured every inch of the golf course. For close to four grueling hours, she ventured through dense vegetation, trees and bushes, hoping to identify any signs that might remotely resemble a makeshift grave. As the night wore on, the authorities advised her to wait outside the course while they continued their search. Pai Bingbing agreed, reluctantly, but as she made her way back, her keen eyes caught a peculiar sight just at the entrance of the golf course. A white plastic bag gently swaying in the breeze. Approaching cautiously, the surroundings began to take on an eerie semblance of a grave. The police took notice of it too, and everyone started to draw their attention toward the plastic bag. Using a pair of chopsticks to avoid leaving any fingerprints, Pai Bingbing gingerly unfolded the bag's contents. What she saw inside 
sent shivers down her spine. Inside the bag was Pai Xiaoyan's lunchbox, and within the lunchbox was a peculiar short stick-like object that upon closer examination had a fingernail eerily attached to its end. (gasps) The realization struck her like a bolt of lightning. It wasn't a mere stick. It was a severed finger. In that moment, the gravity of the situation became starkly evident. It came to light that one of Pai Xiaoyan's fingers had been severed by her kidnappers. But the nightmare didn't stop there for Pai Bingbing. Also discovered inside the bag was a note written on a small slip of paper. It instantly struck a chord with Pai Bingbing as she recognized the type of paper from her daughter's diary. The note was an instruction directly addressed to Pai Bingbing. In order for her precious daughter's safe return, she would need to pay over 5 million US dollars. This is equivalent to over 7 million dollars in today's value. However, in that desperate moment, the enormity of the sum surely would have paled in comparison to the overriding concern for Pai Xiaoyan's safety. Pai Bingbing was left in utter disbelief. It felt as though she had been plunged into a surreal cinematic plotline. However, a chilling confirmation of her worst fears emerged. A photograph. A haunting image of the young girl, half-nude and tightly bound with duct tape. Her eyes filled with an anguished plea for rescue. (coughs) You're listening to Heinous, an Asian true crime podcast. Brought to you by MediaCorp and produced by 1UP Media. This episode contains scenes of graphic imagery and violence. Listener discretion is advised. The 1990s marked a pivotal era for Taiwan. In 1997, they celebrated their 10th anniversary of the end of martial law. This was a land that had endured nearly four decades of oppressive rule. But just a decade prior, it had finally broken free from the shackles of that tyranny. It was a period marked by both celebration and reflection, as the people of Taiwan reminisced about the profound transformations that had occurred. Amidst the backdrop of a thriving and exhilarating pop culture, democracy had firmly established itself. Taiwan had recently conducted its first ever direct presidential elections, a historic milestone in its journey. It was supposed to be a period of festivity, a time when people should have been filled with happiness. But after news of Pai Xiaoyan's abduction broke, this happiness transformed into a nationwide spectacle, as every news channel inundated the airwaves with reports of the incident. 16-year-old Pai was the only daughter of the popular Taiwanese TV host and actress Pai Bingbing, while her father, Iki Kajiwara, was an esteemed Japanese author. In light of her daughter's kidnapping, Pai Bingbing chose to remain in her home for the ensuing 14 days, refusing to eat or drink. She was consumed by distress and sorrow, experiencing the same anguish that any mother would endure when their child is taken away from them. Interestingly, even as she worked on meeting the kidnappers' ransom demands, she continued to answer their calls. 
but not much is known about how often they spoke or what was discussed. At the time, it was standard protocol for the media to withhold reporting on kidnapping cases until they had reached a resolution to avoid interfering with investigations. However, this time, the media's appetite for news was more insatiable than ever, particularly because the child belonged to a celebrity. Consequently, several news channels in Taiwan covered the incident, with many elevating it to national headline status. Some even took their coverage to the extreme by stationing satellite vans outside the Pai family residence, anticipating any public appearance by Pai Bingbing herself. According to reports, the police had cautioned the media against interfering with the case. Yet it appeared that the television ratings held more significance than the girl's life or death. To make things worse, the very photograph of a daughter half-nude and bound with tape was leaked to the press and prominently featured on the front pages of magazines and newspapers. Piping Bing was already emotionally shattered and physically drained. Yet the media didn't care. Among the many photos of Piping Bing scattered across the internet, one particular image pierced through the rest. She is photographed while on her way to a press conference. Her hand clings to a trembling mouth, while her eyes appear as if they have been weeping for weeks. Pai Bingbing's attempts to meet the kidnappers for the ransom exchange were continuously foiled by the media. In fact, up to seven planned ransom exchanges were abandoned because the kidnappers spotted media presence trailing Pai Bingbing. The media's constant presence made every effort to meet the kidnappers futile. And as time wore on, the kidnappers were getting impatient. At some point in time, the kidnappers made one final call to Pai Bingbing. This is going to be my final call to you. I told you before, didn't I? No cops. But look what you've done. The police are here now, and the whole of Taiwan knows about this. Pai Bingbing, we can't be responsible for anything that happens to your daughter next. In the kidnappers' perspective, Pai Bingbing had committed a blatant breach of their agreement, and they were going to make her pay for it. In the meantime, law enforcement was working hard to determine both the kidnappers' whereabouts and the girl's condition, whether she was dead or alive. Their initial approach involved tracking the call made, but it proved to be an immensely challenging task as the kidnappers had employed over 10 different phone numbers to make contact. Nevertheless, a glimmer of progress emerged. One of the numbers led to a man named Lin Chun-sheng. Lin had a prior criminal record, having served time in prison for a burglary conviction, and the police had access to his files. They traced calls originating from this number to another number associated with two other individuals with criminal records, Gao Tianmin and Chen Jingxing. Notably, Chen Jingxing was a well-known criminal with convictions for rape, murder, and kidnapping. The three of them had reportedly spent time in prison together, leading to speculation that they might have been collaborating as a trio. With this newfound information, 
the police delved deeper into Chen's life, unearthing that he had a wife. They covertly tracked his wife's whereabouts and eventually discovered her residence. At that juncture, the police conceived a plan to stake out Cheng's home, anticipating his return, with the intent to nab him. The plan was straightforward. Stay quiet until he arrived, then spring an ambush in the hopes of bringing an end to the case. As the pivotal moment drew near, the unmistakable sound of jangling keys outside the door signaled Chen's imminent return. However, their plan was foiled when Chen's wife unexpectedly erupted into a frenzied shout at the top of her lungs, alerting Chen to the presence of the police inside their home. As a result, Chen immediately seized the opportunity to flee and successfully evaded the police. This was the closest the police ever got to him, and perhaps Chen sensed that his time was running out. Hey listeners, with Halloween quickly approaching, we are thrilled to share that we are giving away, that's right, giving away a pair of tickets to this year's edition of Halloween Horror Nights. All you need to do is to have you and your brave companion fill out a simple form by the 15th of October. That's it. Again, both you and your intended companion must fill out a simple form by the 15th of October in order to enter. The form is listed in the episode's description. So sign up now, but only if you dare. On April 28, 1997, a mutilated female body was found in a drainage ditch at an industrial suburb outside Taipei. Immediately, large groups of news media personnel descended upon the location, and a call was made to summon Pai Bingbing to the scene. The remains were in an advanced state of decomposition. The head had swollen, bearing two large gaping wounds. As the body was recovered from the ditch, Pai Bingbing cast a glance upon it, and in that heart-wrenching moment, she knew... According to reports, Pai Bingbing had firmly asserted that she was the one who had raised her daughter and that she could recognize a child with just a glance at her legs. The confirmation of the body's identity came when medical examiners found that a segment of the little finger had been severed. Subsequent autopsy results disclosed the grim truth that Pai Xiaoyan had been raped and brutally assaulted before her death. Furthermore, it came to light that Pai Xiaoyan had already died as long as 10 days before this grim revelation. This meant that ransom negotiations had continued even after she had died. Later, it was uncovered that Chen had enlisted an impersonator to answer telephone calls, intentionally creating a false impression for Pai Bingbing that her daughter was still alive. After Pai Xiaoyan's body was found, the abduction case took a grim turn, evolving into a murder case. And the trio was now amongst the list of the most wanted men in Taiwan, with a particular focus on Chen Jingxing due to his direct role in the crime. According to reports, the three men not only managed to evade capture, 
but also continue to perpetrate even more heinous crimes against multiple individuals while they remain at large. This reign of terror left the people of Taiwan in a state of constant fear, causing women and children to refrain from venturing out at night. The police's perceived inefficacy also triggered waves of protests throughout Taiwan. The people were clearly distressed, and there was now, more than ever, an urgent need to restore order to the nation. Consequently, an extensive island-wide manhunt was initiated, and the police were issued strict orders to use lethal force without warning if the suspects displayed any resistance. On August 19, 1997, Taiwanese police received a tip-off regarding two suspicious individuals loitering on Wuchang Street within Taipei's Zhongshan District. In response, a team of armed officers was swiftly deployed to the location, prepared to put up a fight if these two individuals happened to be linked to the trio in question. However, the media outpaced the police. A significant number of reporters and camera crews rushed to the scene. Upon hearing the possibility of an arrest involving the individuals responsible for Pai Xiaoyan's death, this sudden influx of people in the area posed a safety risk for everyone involved, particularly because the police had been instructed to proceed with the assumption that the two men might be armed. In the event of a shootout, there was a substantial risk of innocent bystanders being caught in the line of fire or even getting fatally shot on sight. Amidst the escalating chaos on the ground, the two men located upstairs in a building became aware of the activity unfolding downstairs. Without hesitation, they made their escape on foot, exiting through one of the building's windows. This was the moment when the police spotted them and promptly recognized them as Gao and Lin, two of the trio's members. Realizing they were trapped, everyone's worst fears began to come true. Lin Chun-Sheng sustained six gunshot wounds as he attempted to flee. Realizing he was cornered, turned his firearm on himself and took his own life. On the other hand, Despite several hours of intensive searching, Gao Tianmin had managed to elude the police. A month later, on October 23rd, shocking reports emerged detailing the harrowing actions of Gao and Chen. They forced a plastic surgeon, his wife and a nurse to conduct plastic surgery on them before carelessly shooting them after the surgery was performed. But just a few days after this occurred, the police managed to locate Gao. However, when they attempted to apprehend him, he too shot himself in the head, ending his own life. The hunt for Chen Jingxing intensifies, with aims to finally quell the unending series of tragedies. Yet for Chen, the ordeal is far from over because what he's about to do next will soon capture international headlines. That's coming up in the next episode. 
Heinous, an Asian true crime podcast, is brought to you by MediaCorp and OneUp Media. This episode was produced and written by Guangjin, edited by Alex, narrated by Jason, audio experience by Ethan Sam, additional engineering by Ashley from OneUp Media. Special thanks to executive producer Danny Cordy from MediaCorp. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next one.